Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Jennifer. I'm your co-host, Holly. Melody isn't able to record with us today, but she'll be back next time. Today, we'll be talking about countering and encountering family resistance to homeschooling. But before we get to that, Holly, how have you been? Well, I've been doing all right. I've been uh, working hard on finding things to do for my son for the summer. And mm-hmm. um, I'm looking for free, you know, low or no cost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got um, summer movies in the park and performances in the park. And I found I found that's a, great. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a high energy kid. So I I have a feeling we're going to be involved in sports. So he's going to a basketball clinic. That's like a just a one hour intro to basketball. I think he's. We're gonna get some uh, inline skates for him, so he can learn Fun. to skate and maybe do um, roller hockey, because um, that's fairly affordable compared to other things. So yeah. Yeah, I've, I've just been sitting down with my calendar, filling it up with lots of fun summertime activities. Uh, what about that's you? so great? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I just uh, spent last week uh, camping at the beach with a bunch of other homeschool families. So that's what we've been up to. Uh, I, a funny story to share with you um, about how we actually unschool. So when we're on a vacation, it's not really a vacation. We're still learning mm-hmm. all the time, right? And uh, this week, there was a lot of trash washed up on the beach. Oh, sad. And the kids... Yeah, the kids were collecting some of it because some of it was really interesting. It was from other countries. The labels were in other languages and things like that. So then they started collecting them and looking at them and then, you know, trying to guess where they came from. And that turned into them looking up which currents come into the Gulf where we live and where, you know, things could have traveled from. And they were learning the names of currents and things like that without, you know, any input from me. And that's kind of a... A great example of how we do unschooling. It was fun to watch them discover all of that this week. Oh, yeah. And and that is whether you unschool or you use a curriculum or whatever, that's really Absolutely. a hallmark of homeschooling is that curiosity yes. and that um, that self-interest kind of learning, you know, self-directed yes. learning. Yes. And then kind of also stepping back and letting them just do that, mm-hmm. you know? and guide it themselves because they were just they were fascinated by it so they just picked it up and went with it and and that's exciting to see so let's talk a little bit about family and homeschooling this week so one of the big reasons i think that we all get involved in homeschooling is for her family to start with so what are some why did you start homeschooling with your family well um my oldest daughter was in public school and I didn't feel like she was learning. Um, mm-hmm. The school told me some things that were conflicting, like they made a big deal out of standardized testing, but when the results came in, they said they weren't important. Um, there were children who were constantly misbehaving, so the teacher couldn't teach. And then right. I saw that um, little boys often were sitting in a chair that had a sad face on it. And my next child Aww. was a boy. And I and I yeah. just started thinking, you know, um, he'll have a bad feeling about himself because I knew he would be a, a person sitting in the sad chair. And I really enjoyed being with my kids. And I thought, you know, mm-hmm. we can we could probably do better. And I asked my husband, um, well, first, I just anguished about it a lot, which is how I, I tend to do things. I worry over a problem. <laughs> I get all the, the info. And then finally, my husband said, well, let's try it for a year. Um, and we never looked back. 
Uh, it was yeah. just the rewards for our family were so great. What about you? Mm-hmm. Why did you start homeschooling? I had a, a pretty similar experience, but my two older children were in public school. They were in second and fourth grade, and they both have disabilities. One has physical disabilities and one has learning disabilities. So I was I was at the school quite often. So I saw a lot of the same stuff you're saying that you saw. Um, and I wasn't, you know, altogether happy with that. But my older son, he's very academically inclined. He loves learning. And he was coming home just like he was so bored at school because they were just prepping for tests in fourth grade. Mm, Then mm -hmm. it was test prep, test prep, test prep, and, and, you know, nothing that was holding his interest anymore. So that's when we started looking into it. And also for his health reasons, we were out of school a lot already. So it made more sense. Um, And then uh, after we made this decision, my husband and I decided to to give it a try also. Um, Quickly, one of our biggest reasons for doing it was to to be a family. We realized Mm -hmm. very quickly because I too really enjoyed spending time with my kids that we have this large family and that the opportunity to homeschool gave us time to just be a family that we wouldn't get otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I bet you were really excited about it when you came to that decision. I was too. We all are, right? It's a big, big decision. And you want to share it with people, especially your family Mm -hmm. and your friends. And, you know, a lot of times you get positive response, but sometimes you encounter resistance from family and friends and, and even sometimes your spouse. Mm -hmm. And that can be very difficult. And it can be disappointing when you're very excited and encounter, you know, going on this new adventure to have people that are questioning it yeah throwing cold water on your excitement exactly so did you experience any of that uh I did it was it was more benign um I think my mother my mother was in favor of it um so Mm -hmm. when we told her we were homeschooling she thought it was great my in-laws they I think they always thought um that we were weird so um (laughs) we had we had our kids and I and I nursed all of them and they were they were real uncomfortable with that and then um, we threw this homeschooling thing into the mix and they they never really pushed back, but they did have questions. My mother-in-law said, are you going to have books? And we thought, oh, <laughs> I thought, oh, my goodness, I need to help them understand. So um, right. one of the things I did at that time, back in 1993, you know, millions of years ago, there was a publication called The Teaching Home Magazine. And mm-hmm. so I started getting that and I would bring it over and show them and then Whenever we purchased curriculum, we would bring it and show them, hey, these are the books that kids are going to be using. And I'm sure they still thought we were weird. And I know my husband's sisters thought, man, these people are weird. (laughs) At the end of the first year, my sister-in-law called me and asked if she could come over and talk to me about homeschooling. Her daughter had just been through kindergarten in public school. Mm -hmm. And she decided to homeschool her daughter. And then my Mm in-laws got so uh, chill with it. That they would call and be like, hey, we want to take a trip. Can we take some of the kids? Um, so they, <laughs> all my kids got to go. Uh, they all got to go to Pennsylvania. They've been, they went to Philadelphia. They got to fly on planes. They got to do a lot of stuff that I couldn't have afforded to have my kids do because I had five kids at the time. Right. And so, and all their grandkids were homeschooled. And they just, I think they began to think that all their grandkids were the most brilliant children that were ever on the earth. So of for course. us, it yeah, for us, it went pretty well. Um, what about you, Jen? How did it go for you with your family? It was 
it was not too difficult with mine either. I had to do like you did. I had to do a little bit of educating them. And, and that did involve things like showing them, you know, options for curriculum. It really became a, a challenge of like answering kind of random questions that they would have out of nowhere. And I tried to be understanding of that because obviously when we start, started looking into homeschooling, we had all the same questions mm-hmm. that they were having as well. So I tried to just understand that, that it was just something they weren't familiar with. So for me, my parents, my husband's parents, they were generally understanding and supportive, but just had some, some doubts that I had to help answer along the way. Uh, So it wasn't that difficult for me, but I have, I have throughout the years of talking with other homeschooling families, heard a lot of unfortunately difficult situations with family resisting the choice. And so I just, I think we should talk about how to deal with it if you are having that problem. And if you have like in general for your extended family, like aunts and uncles and cousins, you know, you may not have to answer their questions, but there are times like at family gatherings where questions might come up and, um, you, you need to be prepared and your children need to be prepared for how you want to respond to that. Uh, so do, what do you think about what you, how you should handle those situations? When we would be with extended family, what I noticed is they would quiz my kids. Absolutely. You know, they yes. would quiz them and try to see uh-huh. if they were actually getting an education. Um, so yes. I taught all my children what grade they were in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wouldn't remember. They say, mom, what grade am I in? <laughs> because <laughs> as we know, homeschooling, you know, you learn at whatever level you need to learn. And it's not like public school where they have to segregate people into age groups because it's easier to teach. Right. So I would tell my kids, oh, you know, you're you're in third grade or you're if somebody asks you if um, someone asks. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Always the doctor's office where they ask. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. We actually we had this happen uh, last year. Liam went to his, um, you know, his well child checkup. Yeah. And the doctor said, Oh, blah, 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 school. And I said, well, we homeschool. And then all of a sudden there were questions. Does he have friends? Do you guys see people? (laughs) Yes, we're well socialized. Thank you very much. But, you know, it's good to prepare your children. Absolutely. To have an answer to these questions. mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's great for yourself and your children to both have prepared answers. And, you know, you can really go Google, you know, answers to homeschool questions and find mm-hmm. some really great ways to handle questions, <laughs> questions from strangers in the grocery store to questions from your cousins and your aunts. Um, one of the ones that, so my kids were always getting quizzed too. I, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes it still happens, even though my family is very happy with us homeschooling, but sometimes grandparents will quiz them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and my kids, you know, at this point know how to handle that. But one of the things I have seen suggested before is to say, you know, let's say you're they're quizzing your kids on something that they maybe don't know the answer to, which is highly likely, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to just change the subject and tell them instead something about that you do know about Mm -hmm. and to empower your kids to do that. And they can say something like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that, but let me tell you about what I've been doing. And then it's something that they're excited about and they can just, you know, confidently talk about it. So kind of steering, steering the discussion, steering the questions to things that your kids feel confident about discussing is really helpful. 
And that's a skill, you know, you take into adulthood because there are always people yes. asking you questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, um, for strangers, I found um, that it was really great. So we're in Texas, as our listeners know. And in Texas, homeschools are considered private schools. So one of the first things I ever learned um, from a homeschool support group was to give your school a name. So if you were out in public during the day, and I have a really funny story. I think everybody will like this story. We were out in public during the day one time and someone said, oh, um, well, how come your kids aren't in school? And I said, oh, they attend a private school. It's not in session today. (laughs) And then they said, oh, well, uh, what's the name of the school? And at that time, um, my elementary school was called Bright Horizons Christian School. So I said, Bright Horizons Christian School. And they said, oh, you know, I think I've heard of that. And I said, well, it has an excellent student to teacher ratio. Very exclusive. <laughs> yeah, very exclusive. And and then we went on with our day, you know, and so yeah. I would tell the kids, you can just tell people, you know, if they don't really know us, I go to Bright Horizons, you know. Right. And that's, that's another way to, if it's somebody that doesn't yes. really know your children, you can get them out of that tricky conversation. Yeah, and and to empower yourself and your kids that you you don't have to answer their questions. It's not their business. You don't have to, you know, uh, and to be able to have an answer that does just kind of exit you from that Mm -hmm. is very good. Um, In line with that, like for your extended family and friends, you know, remember why you and your family made the decision and be confident about it because Mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't need their approval. It is it's wonderful to have your family's approval. But as far as like extended family, people you're not seeing very often who are just kind of being nosy, you just, uh, you don't need to know what they think about your homeschooling decision. So if you decide that you don't want to discuss it with them, that's perfectly okay too. And set a boundary and just, you know, stick to it. And it's yeah. okay to do that. Sometimes people push back or they ask questions because they feel... Um, like you're judging their decisions that they don't homeschool. Yes. I've, yes. I've discovered that a lot where um, they'll say, oh, where does your kid go to school? And I say, I homeschool. And the first thing, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. Well, n- nobody feels like you have to. <laughs> you know. Right, right. Um, so sometimes people are asking you questions and all because they feel um, convicted by your decision that, you know, that you're judging them somehow. I agree. I agree. People assume that if you homeschool, that you are anti-public school, you Mm -hmm. know, and you're right. They may feel judged themselves by that. Yeah. And then people always want to know about socialization as, you know, (laughs) as if your kids are shackled to a desk in your basement somewhere (laughs) and they never see the light of day and they're just studying Latin, you know, and it's like, really, when I, when I, um, counsel new homeschoolers and they start telling me, um, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm like, and you need to go home and do some school too, (laughs) you know, socialization really, I I don't think it's much of a problem for most homeschoolers. I think homeschoolers really seek out opportunities for their kids so they can, still get the benefit of, you know, interacting with other kids and for the parents to find other parents for support. Right. So, um, but it's interesting because as soon as you say we homeschool, socialization, it's just like, that's pops usually right the first out. one, mm-hmm. surprisingly, not academics, but <laughs> it's yeah. the first one. But there's also pretty much a series of set questions people have and socialization is a big one. What about college is a big one. Um, 
What about sports? Are they, are they getting graded? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like I was saying before, if you go and Google just a little bit, you can find some really good kind of stock answers for those mm-hmm. questions as they come up and to share those with your kids as well so that if they feel like you know, they need to answer someone's questions. They have that at their disposal. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that um, we did when we first started homeschooling, again, I, I started so long ago, it wasn't technically legal in Texas. Mm-hmm. And right. so um, we, uh, we were friendly with some of the neighbors around. And I thought, you know, they're going to see the kids in the backyard all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. They're going to wonder, you know, what's going on there. So I, I told some of my close neighbors, you know, if you see the children, we've started homeschooling them and they're outside yeah. having recess or, or PE, you know, using terms that public school people can understand is also yes. really helpful. That's a and, great idea. Yeah. And we, um, we made some baked goods, you know, we'd take cookies over to the neighbors <laughs> and all. So we, we kind of did a little PR campaign in advance of we, starting to homeschool. Now that you're talking about that, we kind of did that too. We had a, um, my kids, when they were younger, they had a family family newspaper that they made and they would go interview neighbors for it so that they were kind of involving other people in what they were doing at the same time and and so the neighborhood was aware of (laughs) our family newspaper and wanted to be in it and things like that how fun is that what a great idea we're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor and when we get back we'll talk about how to handle resistance from closer family members The sun is out, the weather is warm, and spring break is over. That means it's transcript season. Whether your student is college-bound this fall or entering the workforce, they'll need a transcript. That's true. My oldest son has never gone to college, but he repeatedly needs me to get his transcript when he changes positions in his company. Math fan or math phobic? Either way, Transcript Maker calculates GPA for you. Instead of compiling data for hours, simply insert the credits and grades and the GPA appears on the transcript just like magic. Hard drive errors can cause you to lose all sorts of important documents. Transcript Maker has you covered by keeping your transcript in the cloud, safe and sound whenever and wherever you need it. Some free trials require you to put in your payment information, but Transcript Maker's 14-day free trial is truly free. You don't need to enter your payment information and it cancels itself after two weeks. When you decide to subscribe, use our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps and save 20% off the cost of your subscription. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we covered, you know, why we like to homeschool, why people choose to homeschool, and how important family is, and what to do if they're resisting, if your extended family is resisting your homeschooling decision. In this half, we're going to talk more closely about how to handle close relatives like your, your parents and your spouse. Holly, you already mentioned how you handled some of the resistance and with your your family members, um, with the grandparents, and how you kind of just educated them and shared curriculum and things like that. What are some other ways people can handle grandparents who might be resistant to the idea of homeschooling? Well, one other thing that we did, um, and I took this from when I was a kid in school, is we had an annual open house. 
So about six to eight weeks after we had begun our new school year, um, we hosted an open house and the kids would put out their notebooks. They, they sometimes memorized little poems. We baked, we made a little program and we did mm-hmm. some baked goods and we had them come over and they got to look through what the kids had been doing. Yeah. And that was a big hit. Um, they really, I think that they really were able to see concrete evidence that, you know, the kids were learning. And so that was a big hit. We did that for several years um, until I think everybody was really comfortable and on board with the homeschooling. I think it was a big, important thing that we did just to help them understand. And yeah. I've actually advised a lot of people to do something like that. Um, just just to show, yeah, it's really school. We're really doing school things here. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I, we did something similar. We had art shows and music shows, and we always invited, you know, all the grandparents. Um, and my kids wrote books, and we would send them to our grandparents that live far away. And we tried to just make sure to include them in and, you know, in seeing what the kids were learning. And I think, you know, things like doing the year-end show and the art show, and were they really were made just for the grandparents to include them because otherwise, you know, we weren't, we already saw it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we were really doing it just to include them. And they always loved that. And it, including them in that way made them feel a part of the homeschooling journey. And it, I think that really did help them to accept what we were doing as a family. Yeah, um, people just want, they just want some assurance that yes, you are doing, uh, you know, what needs to be done, that the, that the kids are really having education. Because people are, people who aren't familiar with homeschooling have all heard one story about something mm-hmm. where people, people said they were homeschooling, but they didn't. Right. Um, and the, and that, um, you know, you hear one bad story and you're just super concerned about yes. your grandchildren whom you love and want the best for. So anything you can do to assuage their concerns is really helpful. Right. I think it's really important to acknowledge their concerns um, and, and to openly discuss it and to answer their concerns. You know, unlike your extended family or friends that you're not with all the time, your grandparents are closer usually with your children and your family, and they deserve to have their concerns acknowledged and discussed. And they may not agree with the discussion, but they do deserve, you know, some time to be given to answer their questions and help them look for answers that they're looking for if you can't answer them. Um, And sharing books to educate them uh, on the subject of homeschooling, because usually it's just that they don't know anything about it. And they just, they just need to learn more, just like you did at the beginning of your journey, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you have some books that you recommend to people? None of my family members really felt the need to have more information after what I had shared with them. But I think that um, John Holt's book, Teach Your Own, is Mm -hmm. a really helpful book. And it's written in a pretty easy to understand format. And then um, Susan Weiss Bauer's book, The Well-Trained Mind, explains what... Yes, that's a great book. mm -hmm, And that, again, um, I don't use the classical um, education style. Right. um, But I, I love her work. And then, you know, you talked about how much you loved being a family and, and I loved being with my kids and being a family. So mm-hmm. Seasons of a Mother's Heart by Sally Clarkson and What is a Family by Edna Schaefer. Those books both kind of lay out reasons why you'd want to spend all the time in the world with your kids because yes. people who've been in public school 
um, you know, they they look at summer when kids are out of school as, oh, what are you going to do with the kids? Right, right. Oh, oh, don't you want the kids to go back to school? And they don't understand that we like our kids so much that we really want to spend a lot of time with them. Exactly. And I think sharing uh, books like this um, is a way to, you know, show that there are other ways to teach your children without it coming from you, you know. So when it's coming from another person or an expert on education, I think that it might be accepted more sometimes by your extended family, your grandparents, because it's not just from you, you know, it's somebody else backing up, you know, It's more validating. Yeah. Yes. I love all those books that you mentioned. I also, another John Holt book is How Children Learn, which you know, when we talk about homeschooling, learning how kids learn is very important to seeing why it's a good option. And it's not something that a lot of people are educated on. So helping your family members understand different learning styles and how to approach things like learn through learning through play, it's probably just something you've never discussed before. So these kind of books are really good for that. Also, another good one that I found is Free to Learn by Peter Gray. Mm, his stuff is great. Yes, I really like him. It's fascinating scientific kind of studies on it. Um, I love it. And then John Taylor Gatto's uh, Dumbing Us Down. It's a kind of a, everybody in homeschooling has read these books. But oh, yeah. They're just great introductions to the topic of learning differently and homeschooling your children. And if your family members are open to, you know, learning more, these are a great suggestion. They are. And people don't realize how little institutional education is actually set up for the best way for kids to learn. Um, right. You know, when I when I read about some things that they're doing in public schools, and then I know that the way kids learn is through hands-on or that kids yes. le- need a lot of activity to learn, I'm just surprised that people whose job it is to educate children implement so few of the things that are actually good for the children's education. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think our our system isn't set up, you know, to allow room for a lot of what the kids need. And Mm -hmm. that's sad. But we can show a different way. And, you know, I think for people who don't understand homeschooling or have never heard of it or haven't been introduced to it, they're resistant because they, they see, you know, this is how you do school. That's all they've ever Mm -hmm. seen. So Mm -hmm. they don't understand that there are alternative ways to do it and things that may be better for your child. So, um, you know, talking about resistance to homeschooling, a lot of people have this idea that homeschooling is what happened during COVID where your kids are stuck on a computer and yes, they they think, well, that didn't work out. So why are you going to do yeah. that to your kids when what what most homeschoolers do couldn't be further from that? Right. So I think it, because people have been introduced to a, a new idea during COVID of what homeschooling is, that might take a little bit more effort to convince them otherwise mm-hmm. that that's not what you're doing, that you're not doing public school at home, that it, homeschooling is all, a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just that um, being able to bring them into your world and, mm-hmm. and help them to see. Um, when we first started talking about homeschooling, you know, I, I said my my daughter was in public school um, and I probably whined and complained and talked to my husband for probably about nine months. And, and finally he was, he was just, uh, you know, like, <laughs> well, why don't we just try it? I'm probably yeah. like, uh, she won't be quiet. So let's just try it. He wasn't completely sold on it. Right. But we had gone to a um a homeschool book fair with the children. 
at the beginning of when we decided to homeschool. And mm-hmm. they whined and complained. And they didn't really act very nicely, you know, in public. At the end of our first year of homeschooling, we went to another homeschool curriculum cell. By this time, we had a baby because we, we mm-hmm. threw having a baby into the mix our first year of homeschooling. <laughs> we did too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just jump from the pan right into the fire. But the kids behaved so differently and they were they had already become more considered of each other and yeah. other people and my husband looked at me and said we're never gonna stop homeschooling that it's working yeah yeah, yeah. and we and we really didn't now my oldest daughter did go to public school briefly in high school but none of mm-hmm. the other children did and as you know my youngest son has been homeschooled and and that's our family uh persona it has worked so well yeah we never went back either so uh we obviously love it it's worked <laughs> great for us also i wanted to mention that exposing your grandparents to homeschooling can include things like inviting them to park days inviting them to join homeschool groups and all of the groups i'm in there are plenty of grandparents that are active in there so that's another great way for them to be included um, and to meet other families at homeschool and see other children, you know, maybe older children that are surviving and doing well, you know, mm-hmm. and that might help them see it too. Holly, you mentioned that your husband was a little bit resistant and not completely on board with homeschooling at the beginning. And, you know, I think that's pretty common that one spouse or the other isn't as on board with the idea, but you go ahead and go for it, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes the spouse or a, one of the spouses is not supportive and it is frankly against homeschooling a child. So what are some of the ways that you can deal with that issue? Well, um, I would say that maybe you shouldn't start homeschooling at that point. And you should you should work with your spouse to explore what their resistance is. You know, both of you do some research together because um, it's not going to go well if your spouse isn't supportive and your kids are going to suffer because they're going to pick up on that family, um, you know, that conflict. Yes. And so I would I would say it's not a good time to start homeschooling I if you don't support each other. I agree. You can't, you shouldn't be doing it alone anyways. Um, so if you don't have the support of your spouse and it's really just going to be you and your children, that's not the best way to approach it anyways. Um, you need the support. You need not just the support, but you need your spouse to be an equal partner in homeschooling your children. So I, I definitely agree that you need to take your time and approach it in a different way from with the grandparents, the extended family, some of those Mm -hmm. ideas that we've discussed would also be helpful with a spouse, but you need to really give it, uh, more discussion, uh, you know, research pros and cons, like you said, research together Mm -hmm. and share your findings with each other and, and just take your time and be honest with each other because, you know, if you're the spouse that is supportive of homeschooling, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. There are things that you can discuss that are challenges to homeschooling. And you need to, you know, be honest and find solutions to how you'll deal with those things uh, along the way. Yeah, I had a friend whose husband uh, initially didn't want them to homeschool their children because he thought they would be weird. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, the truth of the matter is that if your child has personality quirks, school isn't going to change them no matter where they go. <laughs> right. You know, if, if you're a quirky person or you have social anxiety or you're very shy, 
you're that's that's who you are right Um, and I have a brother-in-law that's a prime example of that he's he was in public school all his life he has social anxiety he's a really quirky person um Mm -hmm. and I have um a kid who has social anxiety that was homeschooled you know and I don't think changing school for either those people were going to change who they fundamentally were right you know in fact allowing them to be themselves helps Mm -hmm. with all of that you know yeah I I agree but now we do have sometimes situations where people are married and they were homeschooling and everybody was happy and then there's a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is a very tough one. And actually, as a person who's run of several homeschool groups, I've had people message over the years to ask what they should do because they have, you know, joint custody of a child and uh, their spouse doesn't agree with the decision to homeschool. And Unfortunately, in that situation, it is all dependent on what the legal status is of your custody situation um, and who has the legal rights to make educational decisions Mm -hmm. for your child. And even if you were previously happily homeschooling as a family, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will be legally allowed to continue to do that after your divorce. So you also need to look at, you know, state by state what the laws are, obviously. Mm -hmm. But this becomes a pretty tough situation. I've talked to many families where they could no longer homeschool their child because of this issue. And I just wanted to say that you don't need to give up on, on educating your child. You may just have to supplement their education at home. So some of the really wonderful things we do through homeschooling, the spending the time with your child and learning in hands-on ways and exploring your outside world, you just might have to take time to do that outside of school hours or on weekends when you have extra time. So you can still supplement and add in and work towards if you have an eventual time when you are able to homeschool. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've seen recommended, and I I agree with this, is if you are continuing to homeschool during a divorce, even if it has been legally allowed in your divorce and in your custody status, make sure that you're keeping records. Oh, 100%. Um, Yeah, it's very important. And I don't always recommend record keeping. It's not something I do with my family. (laughs) Right, I know. (laughs) But in the situation of joint custody, shared custody, divorce, it is very important to keep records, especially if you may be having to talk to a judge at some point and basically proving that, you know, your children are educated and that you're capable of educating them. Because even in the states where it's legal, it isn't necessarily something a judge has to allow. That's true. A- another instance where it's important to keep records is if you um, suffer the death of your spouse. Um, yes. Unfortunately, I have heard of people who once the spouse died, the uh, the in-laws never who never approved of homeschooling will try to interfere with the homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so in any of those situations, um, if you're getting some kind of... Um, financial assistance like through social security or other issue other kind of issues Mm -hmm. you want to have really good records because those can be the deciding factor between yes if your child gets to remain at home homeschooling or has to go into public school within those records make sure that you can show that you're following whatever your state standards Mm -hmm. are for homeschooling 
Yes. And maybe even go so far as to have representation through a homeschooling organization. Because a lot of times um, people will try to bully and get their way with someone. But as soon as an official, someone in an official capacity sends a, a letter, you know, their efforts stop. Right. They're more likely to step back. Mm-hmm. That's true. I also really wanted to mention quickly that with all of the people we've talked about, your extended family, your grandparents, your spouse, even in the case of divorce spouse, when people start talking negatively towards your children about the homeschooling that your family's doing, you need to find a way to actually confront that. That's not one of those situations that you should just let it go. Mm-hmm. You need to have respect for your parenting decisions from your family members. And when they put that on your children, it's uh, very inappropriate. You need to respond. Absolutely yeah. inappropriate. Um, and, you know, you can politely just say, this is our choice and we expect you to support us. And that's the end of the discussion mm-hmm. if you want it to be that way. But your kids also need to be, like we've discussed earlier, they need to be prepared for this as well. You know, basically say, you can talk to my mom about that mm-hmm. or my dad about that. And so that they don't have to deal with it. Because I have heard cases of, you know, grandparents pulling the kids aside and say, you don't really want to homeschool. Don't you want to go to school? You know, mm-hmm. things like that. And so your kids need to be prepared for that as well. Yes, it's very important to make sure that You've kind of covered all those bases and you kind of look ahead to see what might happen. Hopefully you never have to pull out those little arsenal uh, items, but important to know. So sometimes with your kids, you might also have resistance to homeschooling from them, particularly if you're taking an older child out of a public school situation and starting to homeschool. So what suggestions do you have, Holly, for somebody whose child is being resistant to being homeschooled? Well, I actually had that experience. So my oldest daughter, uh, she went through public school, uh, pre-K, kinder, and first grade. And at the end of first grade, we told her we were going to start homeschooling. She was not too happy about that. She was a very sociable and a very busy child. And so the thought of not having all the hubbub of school was not a pleasant idea for her. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the things we'd asked her, you know, what things do you like? about school. Yes. She really liked some things that had to do with the lunches. She liked the lunch tray. <laughs> she liked that the the school made uh, grilled cheese with one slice of wheat bread and one slice of white bread. Um, <laughs> she liked recess. Uh, so, you know, park, they covered that. But we I actually went to a thrift store and I bought lunch trays. And when I made yep. grilled cheese, I would make it that way. And, you know, I, we did some things to yeah. help her over that hump because she was resistant. You know, we had Mm -hmm. taken her out of an environment where she knew what was going to happen and we were going to put her in one where she didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And, you know, once she realized, oh, you know, I'm going to get to see other kids and there's park day and all, she was better about it. Um, Mm -hmm. We never had enough going on for her. So she was never the happiest homeschooler of our kids. And Mm -hmm. she she had um, by the time she was in high school, uh, it became apparent that she had a math disability. She had dyscalculia. So, so a mm-hmm. lot of the things about ap- academics was hard for her, but because of homeschooling, the things she enjoyed doing, she could have time to do. She loved to bake. Yes. And so yeah. um, if she was having a rough day, I would say, hey, you know, hey, when you get done with these things, if you want to go in the kitchen, you can bake some cupcakes or something. And then she'd be in there whistling, whipping up some muffins That's or great. something. Um, but yeah, sometimes kids aren't happy about it. Um, 
And you have to help them understand why right. you're making this decision and how it's going to benefit them. Did you have issues with your boys when you took them out? No, not at all. They were younger. Um, I think with, well, I think with young children, you don't face as much resistance in general because they enjoy, you know, being with their family and it was an adventure for my kids, you know, but I'd say at all ages, the biggest concern kids have is, are their social concerns. Mm -hmm. And as we've talked about before, that's laughable almost to most homeschoolers because we're very, very social. Um, but a, you know, child doesn't understand that. They just see, you know, you're pulling me away from my friends. So I think it's very, very important to show them that there's a community that they can be involved in. And mm -hmm. there are things like park days and fun activities with groups of people and that they will have opportunities to have friendships. And it's also important as a parent to make sure you help them keep their friendships that they already have mm -hmm. with the kids they're in school with and make an effort to set up play dates and sleepovers and things so that they can stay connected and there's not this just, you know, automatic cutoff of ties between those kids and the new friends. Right. Yeah. One of the things for us is that we, we lived in, um, in a neighborhood in Austin. And so some of the kids that she had seen were neighbor kids. So she still got to play mm -hmm. with them after school. Yes. And, yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. So that, that was really helpful. Now, sometimes we haven't talked about this, but sometimes um, high school kids will ask the parents to homeschool them. Yes. And that's a different <laughs> level of resistance because the parents might not really want to do it. Um, well, <laughs> I was about to recommend a book for high school kids who are being hesitant to homeschool, but this book is also great for that situation. Mm -hmm. It's called The Teenage Liberation Handbook, How to Quit School and Get a Real Education by Grace Llewellyn. I read this book early, early on when I had little kids, and um, it really kind of uh, gave me courage to do high school homeschooling, you know, mm -hmm. and that, to see that it was a thing we could do, and that I had my teenagers read it as they got older. Uh, it's a great book just for teenagers themselves to give them the confidence, and it, you know, the title's kind of catchy. It's telling mm -hmm. you how to quit school. That might scare people, but, <laughs> but it's, but it's, you know, it's, a very honest look at like, hey, if you decide school's not the right place for you, here are some other ways to self-educate that are very successful. And it so it's a great tool for teenagers who are hopeful to convince their parents that homeschooling would be right for them. Um, so I would, if your child's coming to you expressing a desire to homeschool, I'd highly suggest reading this book and the others that we've mentioned, but this one in particular, so that you can see how you can hand over the learning to your high school student themselves and let them have some control over it. Yeah, that will, that often will solve a lot of relationship problems um, for some kids that, yes. you know, they're going through a hard time and you feel like you can't make any headway with them. Um, that giving them control, some kids really need that. So we've discussed today some of the ways you can counteract and handle resistance to homeschooling from family members. But unfortunately, sometimes you'll just have family members that, you know, just don't see eye to eye with you on homeschooling. 
and that's okay. You can continue. You can move on. You can embrace your decision. And I just, it's really important that once you, your family has made a family decision that you feel good about it and don't let other people's decisions about their schooling affect you or what they think about what you're doing. Keep you from doing it, you know, keep moving on. Yeah, you don't need other people's approval um, for your yes. your family decisions because only right. you and your children will ultimately have to live with them. And, you know, yes. the proof is in the pudding somewhere down the road. Yep. Those naysayers will, will see that your child went to college or they got a scholarship for some sport and all of a sudden they'll realize, oh, that worked. Here at the end of our podcast, we sometimes find ourselves at the news desk, where we discuss homeschooling news from around the country and around the world. Holly, what's our top story today? Well, I'm sad to report it's about homeschooling scams that are being perpetrated on Facebook. Oh, no. You know, homeschool parents are very desirous of giving their kids great educational opportunities. And as someone in the Central Texas area has been saying that they have a nature co-op and the parents have been paying um, $150 to enroll their children in this co-op. And then Mm -hmm. when they show up, there's nobody at the place and the person, yeah, doesn't respond or the person responds and says, well, I just set up the meeting and you all need to do the education because you're, you need to (laughs) co-operate. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think... We really need to be aware that people are out yes. there who are looking to take homeschoolers' money and not yes. offering anything for it. I, I think even more so since COVID mm-hmm. and homeschooling has become more public and there's a lot more advertisement targeting homeschoolers mm-hmm. now and people for just in general trying to take advantage of people. It's sad we need to, you know, what are some of the ways we can look out for this? Like, you well, know, you're just innocently signing your child up for a class. Right. How do you know it's real? Right. I think that, you know, one of the things is that you might want to get references um, and ask yeah. other people, has anybody done this class? Um, you know, right. get, get some information. But the other thing that comes to my mind is that um, a co-op, is an experience you are involved in with your child. So yes, yes, there might be fees for it. And we talked about that, about setting up your own co-op, but you would be involved. Uh, You would not be paying a fee and expecting to take your child and drop them off. Right. Um, That's a class and that's something totally different. What about you, Mm -hmm. Jen? What, What would you say? Well, I agree that I would look for references, but I think from personally for me, I probably wouldn't, sign up for something unless I had directly know the people, first of all, or, or it's an established organization. Yes. Or I know someone who has previously taken the class or mm-hmm. joined the co-op or has that experience. I, I've been surprised. So, you know, I help run this co-op of classes uh, here where I live. And over the years, I've been shocked. There's been people that have signed their kids up for our classes who have never met us, don't know who we are, just drop their kids off with us, never make any contact. And that's shocking to me. Mm, So, mm -hmm. you know, just some general safety to know the people that are going to be dealing with your kids. Right, right. And in this case, the parents apparently showed up 
And the person who had set up the class wasn't there. Um, right. And and said that in response to when the parents were asking for their money back, said, well, you know, you need to, you're, I set it up and you need to teach your kids uh, this nature co-op stuff. So, yeah, I mean, get, getting a bunch of information ahead of time and doing yes. your due diligence uh, can prevent a lot of that. But I think that sometimes um, the newer homeschoolers, they're looking for things like that because they don't yes. feel like they can teach a particular mm -hmm. topic. And so they might be more vulnerable to some of these types yeah, of things. I agree. And I just would say again, like, if you're not sure, don't do it. And you can you can start your own groups and, you know, find people to do things with you and create these experiences. You know, uh, if this was, you know, outdoor experiences, get together with friends and, and do that yourselves instead of giving somebody money to <laughs> to not create it for you. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Just be careful. Yeah, and, and hopefully creating awareness will cause these things not to be so successful. And if you've been scammed, let people know. Like, post it in the group. Tell people, hey, don't use this, this co-op. Don't go to this class, you know. If you have any questions, comments, or homeschool news stories, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. And follow our page and join our group at facebook.com slash happy homeschool pod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jennifer. I'm Holly. Happy, happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Jennifer Jones. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Holly Williams Urbach and Melody Gillum. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us.